I'm Colleen Shaddix, and this is The Workup, a series of podcasts about health issues that concern you. This podcast was produced with support from Kineticare. Women are about twice as likely to suffer from depression as men. Poor and minority women are less likely to get help than affluent or white women. They may face financial barriers, cultural stigma, fear of losing custody of their children, fear of deportation, or other hurdles. So mental health providers are getting creative to reach these women, sometimes in unusual places. Yale School of Medicine's Megan Smith heads the Moms Partnership, where women can get mental health care at places like the laundromat or the grocery store. We know just how difficult it is for mothers to actually get to clinics, um, how stigmatizing it can be to receive services in a mental health clinic. So we partner with Stop and Shop Supermarket here in New Haven. Um, We've partnered with tax prep organizations, um, with libraries, with after-school programs. And when you say mental health services, I mean, am I going to Stop and Shop and sitting down with a therapist? Exactly. We provide um, group cognitive behavioral therapy, other group interventions that are provided in Stop and Shop. So you would walk in, you would engage with a community mental health ambassador, a mother, Mm -hmm. um, and then actually upstairs, you would have a private space where you are meeting with a clinician and a community mental health ambassador. We try to destigmatize that. You're going to a supermarket, and that's where you receive care. The feedback we have from mothers on that is excellent. They really um, like receiving care there. They feel safe. They Mm -hmm. feel secure. And it really feels like part of the community. In addition to financial barriers, research shows that women of color may not get help with depression because of stigma, because they feel an obligation to be strong, or because they look for support in other places, like faith communities. Many of the women Smith works with never even say the word depression. Stress is actually the way that many mothers we talk to describe depression. Um, Mothers will talk about stress and, and really mean anxiety, trauma, addiction, depression. Being a mother is stressful. You know, I found it stressful, but I could afford decent child care. Um, I had a reliable vehicle on and on and on. How much more stressful is it for a woman who's living in poverty? You know, I mean, certainly just, and sometimes it's insurmountable. I mean, right, not being able to have lights um, to turn on when you come home, not being able to have stable housing and not know even where home is. Smith says that a big part of the mom's partnership is showing mothers all the things they already do right. We don't often recognize the strength, the inherent strengths and resilience that so many mothers have um, to be good mothers, and also the goals that so many mothers have to want to be a good mom. If we start with that, and we start with acknowledging women want to be good mothers, and how can we help them meet those goals, it's a very different frame than saying, you're depressed, we're going to take your child Mm -hmm. away from you. And so I think that's the frame that, that... mom's takes is that women matter, moms matter, mental health matters. Is that a reasonable fear to think if I'm severely depressed, I might lose my child? We've been really fortunate in Connecticut to partner with our Child Protective Services with DCF, um, and they're at the table working with us on this, so that I think it really depends on your location and your child welfare system. But certainly, um, we've been able to quantify that 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 does happen, Mm -hmm. and that is a fear. I think what's helpful in Connecticut is that our child welfare system is informed about brain science and child development and know the importance of promoting that dyadic relationship between mothers and children. 
But it is. You know, when we did our research, we found that over 35% of women were, were fearful that their children would be removed. The other issue is, of course, for undocumented women. Yeah. The very real, real fear um, that is a reality that they will be deported if they seek mental health care specifically. Psychiatrist Sarah Wynn is an assistant clinical professor at the Yukon School of Medicine. One day a week, she sees patients in Yukon Health's primary care clinic. Many of them tell her that they would never have come to visit her in her psychiatric office. Um, I'm a huge fan of collaborative care Mm -hmm. um, with primary care physicians because I think that's where we as psychiatrists can make a difference and really access the patients and show them that psychiatric care is not that scary and we can start to destigmatize that as long as we can get them in our office. And I imagine that when you're working as part of that team with the primary care provider, you're able to look at a whole constellation of things. You know, we mentioned weight gain, sleep disorders. Um, You know, depression has all these physical manifestations and might not be named as depression. Absolutely. Um, One of the things is that if you look at the cultural literature, um, oftentimes immigrants will present with what we call somatic symptoms or symptoms related to, you know, stomach pain or headaches or nausea or vomiting, which are physical complaints that could be medical related, but they could also be from depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's certainly helpful to be able to, you know, just walk down the hall and talk to the primary care doctors um, after I've seen a patient and say, hey, what do you think? And can we compare notes and work together to conceptualize this patient and provide seamless care? There is an urgency to provide more accessible mental health care to poor and minority women, because right now things are getting worse. Megan Smith. I think one thing that's important to note is back to thinking about racial and ethnic minority women. Mental health is really unique compared to healthcare in general, where in healthcare in general, in certain areas, for example, in, in cancer research and care, we see racial and ethnic disparities narrowing. Mm-hmm. But in mental health care in the last 10 years, we see those disparities widening, not just access to mental health care, but the quality of care that's received. Do you have thoughts about what's happening? I do have thoughts about what's happening, which I think goes back to um, increasing the human capital in the mental health field. And what I mean by that is really increasing the training and the availability of providers um, who are of racial and ethnic minority background themselves, and also of providers who accept Medicaid and sliding scale, and particularly providers who are using evidence-based treatments. And we know, you know, we have to be concerned about the quality of care, and so Mm -hmm. we want to, of course, lift up the quality of care that everyone receives. The experts agreed that stigma is an enormous barrier to getting mental health care for all people, but in particular ways for women of color. Again, Dr. Wynn. I think if we put our focus on stigma and society barriers and what the expectations are, I think that actually might be a better bang for our buck in terms Mm -hmm. of raising awareness to treatment and barriers to treatment. Um, Stigma has historically surrounded mental illness, and it remains a very complex issue because there's a lot of culture-specific factors, such as greater resilience on social support and religion, different presentations, like I mentioned, between men and women with depression. There might be mistrust towards the medical community. Getting into treatment can yield important benefits for women with depression, benefits that go beyond health. 
Megan Smith. We are just looking at some of our new data, and for example, women who go through mental health treatment, uh, we've seen a 50% increase in those women being much more likely to obtain jobs. And wow. so there's this real link between mental health and wealth. Yeah. And so we really are focused on the idea of building capacity for women, so women who are living in poverty, giving them the skills to really um, combat a lot of the situational circumstances they're living in and really obtain economic success. I'm Colleen Shaddix, and this has been The Workup, a production of the Connecticut Health Investigative Team. This episode was produced with support from Connecticut. To read more about our series on women in depression, please visit us at c-hit.org. For information about depression and other health topics, visit blog.connecticut.com. Thank you.